Fashion and beauty are serious business. On this podcast, we will hear from amazing creative entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore their unique success stories, learn from experts, and hear about their journeys. Steve Jobs famously said that, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So let's get crazy. I'm your host, Ann Zuckerman, and this is the Just Wanted to Ask podcast. Ladies, have you ever had one of those uncomfortable headlight moments? Don't you want to be heard without distraction? Bezzy broad discs are your solution. Go to justwantedtoask.com and look for Bezzy broad discs. Hello, everyone. Today, I am thrilled uh, to be with Ari Shizek. Uh, so she is the design as a design queen. She's the CEO and head of strategy of Sikalafia, a creative and technology agency that helps women-led brands in femtech and DTC or direct-to-consumer. She helps them achieve their goals with their brand through strategic positioning. And one of the quotes on her website, which I absolutely love, is that um, she helps women-led brands fast forward their business without sacrificing their time working in the business. I, I think that's such a wonderful um, statement. So Ari, welcome to the podcast. And tell us more about how you got into this and your story. Thank you for having me, Anne. Oh, my goodness. This really takes me back, right, with the question. It has been probably about 11 or so years now um, that I am in business with my husband. And how it all began was I was living in Bali. I was born and raised there, by the way. So, you know, growing up, all I know around me are all things tourism, but I knew I wanted something different and I pushed for, you know, going to art school. My parents were like, oh, you're going to be a starving artist. Like, no, I'm going to figure it out. Um, and then when I graduate, I finally, you know, have this job as a graphic designer, right? I finally in the real, um, you know, in the real life as a designer, but, you know, going through that first journey of the first actual job as a designer wasn't really exactly how I picture it. Sure, it's it's great. It's a great practice, but it gave me a lot of realization in terms of like, what do I really want to do with this knowledge now, like with this design skill, the visual communication skill. Um, and at the same time, my husband, um, he was my fiance at, at the time, he kind of asked me this like very intimate question around my financial, right? What we are going to get into, you know, building company, uh, sorry, building family together. So it's kind of fair to ask, but he was genuinely asking, Hey, Ari, I am truly curious, like how much you actually get paid. It seems like you enjoy your work. You love doing design, but genuinely curious how much you actually get paid. Now, mind you, my husband is actually from here, right? From the United States. Um, his origin is from Poland, but he has been living in the U.S. for quite some time. And that question struck me because, okay, yeah, no big deal. It's $250 per month. 
And he was shocked. And he asked me, wait, you mean you add another zero at the end? It's like, no, it's just two, five, zero. So that was the moment when he introduced me to the world of freelancing. I was literally excited when he showed me that because I see the possibilities, the potential and such diverse, you know, design execution, right? And truly, that was the moment that I feel like this is where I need to be. Like, this is where I want to be. So again, I come to my parents and tell them like, hey, guys, I'm going to quit my job and become my own, you know, boss. And they're like, yeah, 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 you're probably just saying it. But they didn't really think that I would actually resign from my position and then just like diving things online. So I would stay in my room, you know, in front of my computer. And they were like trying to figure out like, are you taking, you know, vacation or whatnot? You're not going to work. What's going on? It's like, I told them, it's like, I decided to be a freelancer. And they're like, oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so that was the beginning to be honest with you. But the journey was quite interesting simply because there wasn't enough resources for me to learn from in Bali about maybe 12 years or so ago. There's not enough support around how to help, you know, women founders or even like women entrepreneurs embracing the side of business, the side of, you know, their own um, digital, I guess, like career and things like that. So I talked to my um, husband and see like, okay, what do we really want to do with our lives? Do we want to live in Bali? Do we want to live in Chicago? And it struck me that as much as I love the island, as much as I love my family and friends, I felt like I needed to get out, right? I needed to find resources. So I told him, it's like, you know what? Why don't we live in Chicago first? And then as much as I can, you know, learn from the resources I needed and potentially move back. So that happened 11 years ago, left my family, you know, get their blessing and come here to Chicago to really just trying to see like, what resources can I get? What learnings can I really gain from, you know, the different types of women organizations or even like entrepreneurial uh, programs and stuff like that. And I was genuinely surprised by the power of women entrepreneurship in Chicago, simply because everybody was welcoming me with such an open arms, um, you know, such warm um, welcome, introducing me left and right to people, resources, mentoring me. I was genuinely overwhelmed simply because, oh my goodness, there's just so much knowledge and support in here. Um, and that was the beginning as well for me and my husband to, you know, come together as one company and start, you know, helping women-led brands. At the time, we didn't realize that was our passion, but we were just so excited to combine both of our skills. I was mainly from, you know, all the creative side of things and he was from the technical side of things. It was kind of like this complementary skills for us to, you know, become a one front. Wow. That's such a great combination because very often, um, and we all need both sides. We we need the creative plus the technical. Yeah. And very often when we're building a business, we we have certain skills. And sometimes we know and sometimes we don't know what we're missing, but we also don't know what we don't know. That's true. So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, when people speak to you about building a business, and I know that you truly believe in 
the creation of a powerful brand behind each business. Mm -hmm. Tell us where people actually start, because as I said before the podcast, so many of us see a finished product, but we don't see how it came to be. Tell us about how brands actually start and how entrepreneurs uh, can think about what they should put into the whole brand concept. Yeah. There are a few different areas of, you know, the brand pillars that one, you know, company or one entrepreneur needs to really be mindful about. To me, there is this misconception in people's mind that branding is all about the finished product, the design or the visual thing that we see, or even the packaging that we hold. But there, there's so much more to branding behind all of these like visual thing that we see every day. But what are those? So the four questions that I typically always ask our clients, you know, and guiding them through the process are number one, who are you as a brand? And sometimes we are being too close with our business, right? Because it is our baby. It is something that, you know, we birthed out from ideas and we wanted to see it come to life and nurturing it. But really, if you separate yourself apart from it, just a little bit, who are you as a brand, right? You might have your own values, but the brand might also have its own values. You might be the face of the company, but the brand still need to be independent should there will be a time when you need to bring in more people, right? And also bring more, you know, investors or even like other internal team members or even like board members and things like that. So it's not going to be just you. So having some separation between who you are as a brand and who your company is as a brand is going to be very helpful in the long term. And then number two, who is your audience? Oftentimes people would say, yeah, I know exactly who my audience and they would tell me I have women age, you know, 25 to 45 as my audience, like, and that's it. It's like, what else? Tell me more. Like, who are these people? And it's not just because, you know, the age is just way too broad, right? But you need to understand what are their pain points exactly? Like, why would they coming to you? And why should they, you know, find your specific solution over the others? Perhaps, you know, in their current life stage right now, this is what they can afford. Or maybe in their current life stage right now, your solution is very convenient for them. What are these some hidden, you know, factors that contributes to their decision in getting to know you or interacting with you or even, you know, really purchasing from you? And oftentimes people don't have that answer right off the bat, right? And that is okay. But if you already have a business that, let's just say, past its first two years in business, you should at least have some more ideas in terms of like who it is that you're trying to target, you know, where they are in their life right now, how do they, you know, get influence for their decisions, so on and so forth. So that's two. And then number three what does your business do? Sometimes it's so obvious that you have it in your head. Yeah, I know exactly what my business do. We offer X or, you know, we provide X, Y, Z service. But is it obvious to your audience or is it obvious to the other people that you're trying to sell or you're trying to attract, right? And again, sometimes we're just so close to it and whatever we think in our head, it just feels so good. But people is like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's yet another jargon that I don't understand, right? So think about it and really refine some of your messaging around 
what is it that your business do so that people can quickly understand? Um, and the last part, in my opinion, is the why question, right? People often don't like getting into the details and nitty gritty of answering the why question, but it's so, so important. So the fourth question and the final question exactly is, why does it matter? Do we need yet another razor blade or do we need yet another, you know, um, companies doing, let's just say, sustainable thing? Like, why does it matter? But every single one of us should probably have a very specific core values we want to deliver. We want to create impact. Bring that out. That is your core. When you don't share that out, you just become, well, commodities like everything else, right? But when you really dig in into your core why, your purpose, it will become so distinguished for your specific brand. So others can really understand where do you want to take this? How can they, you know, inspire the audience as well so that they can be part of you? So there's so much more to brand rather than just like the visuals that we see every day. Sure. And it's, and you're, you're, um, putting your finger on the no like trust part of it as well. Mm-hmm. People want to know what they're purchasing, but they also want to know more about the companies that they deal with. Yes. Um, because ultimately it's important. And of course, if you're building a company, uh, sometimes we don't think about an exit strategy, but in fact, we really do need to do that. I mean, a business is maybe um, may last for many, many years, but mm-hmm. if you're building it, you as the CEO or the founder, are you always going to want to be in it? Mm-hmm. And as we get, as some of us get older faster, <laughs> we think about those things. Yes. So how did you and your husband decide to write the book Made to Sell? The book Made to Sell has its unique story and um, also unique journey. So a long time ago, this is probably like five years or so ago, my husband has this idea that, hey, writing a book will be great for our business. It's a brand building activities, you know, set us as um, thought leaders in industry. And he has been encouraging me to write a book, right? I'm the face of the company. I'm the one who goes out there networking and at social events. So you often see me out there um, in the community. But when he presented this idea of writing a book, to be honest, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, I don't have time to write a book right now. So I keep putting it off, keep putting it off until I think it was last year when I feel like, okay, we're in a pandemic right now. You know, we need to be creative about our marketing and so on and so forth. And I finally revisit the idea of like writing a book. So I thought long and hard about it. Like, do we really need yet another marketing book around website? Right. And like really trying to go back into the core, like what can we truly deliver so that it's not just like yet another book, but it needs to be a book that can truly bring value to people. And when I considered this, I told my husband, okay, I think it's time to write a book. And he was so happy. He was like, fantastic. And I told him, but you're coming with me. <laughs> I'm not doing this alone. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it was an interesting um, journey simply because I don't think the book could have a big impact unless we combine both of our knowledge in it. Because really, yes, when it comes to all things related to the website, there's so much more beyond the technicality, the creative part of it. 
we're also trying to combine this, you know, the strategy and planning. Oftentimes, client come to us really with, you know, very simple website that they felt like, yeah, I did this long time ago, but I don't know what we are doing anymore on the website. And we start noticing the trend where many people would create a website without proper planning, without proper strategy. And they are asking themselves, why is it not working? Right. So there needs to be the foundation. There needs to be a specific strategy in terms of like putting in specific marketing tool, like, oh, your website. And if you really plan to gain a lot more, let's just say leads or bookings or maybe even sales from your website, then you need to have a proper planning and proper strategy in order to make it work. So the book really is about, you know, putting the strategy that you need for your website how to plan for it, and really answering the core questions before you execute such project. So it has all the guidance around branding, the strategy portion, the user experience, as well as some of the technicality information that you may need to know. We're not teaching you how to code, right? It's, there's nothing to do with code, but it's really about getting the confidence you need to execute a web project that will deliver result for you. Yeah, that's so important. I mean, there are so many people who say, oh, yeah, I'll build a website for you. Um, I have, as a matter of fact, I spoke with somebody recently. He has a product, he patented it, and he said, oh, yeah, my nephew can build a website. Yeah, your nephew probably can. But, can. <laughs> yes. But um, I, there's so much more. Mm -hmm. There's so much more. And I think that's where people, uh, well, and uh, okay, so we can be honest for years, maybe that was enough, mm -hmm. but in today's world, it really isn't. And getting back to what you said about the why and, uh, more about your values as a company, uh, ultimately that is, you have to convey that to your customer in, in some way. Yeah. And so websites are so much more and the technical is important, but there are a lot of companies that don't advise you with the strategy. So I worked with someone who said, yeah, you need a follow-up email sequence, go write it. Mm -hmm. no, I mean, I've hired you to help me not to say, okay, fine, go write it. But you're, you're speaking about strategy with regard to that as well. I mean, what is the strategy? What is the company? Yes. So it, it does become very, very difficult. So tell us more about some of the people you've helped and how you've created that. Because I know you have examples on your website. Yes, definitely. We've worked with so many different people in the past and a couple of ones that really stood out with us are number one is called Onshore Technology Group. This particular company really stood out to us because not only the woman who runs it, the CEO, Valerie King Bailey, she's a powerhouse, right? She knows exactly what she's doing in technology or even um, you know, being recognized as one of the you know, top women in tech in here in Chicago. But her website, when she came to us, was really old, meaning that it's super templated. It has so much text, right? And it, people having a hard time trying to navigate through the information they need to find on their website. 
So really, they came to us. I mean, she was leading the project and she told us, you guys, I have no idea what to do with my website. Help me figure it out, right? So we took on, you know, the project knowing that there's so much potential in it and most specifically around the goal that she wants to gain from the website. Her top goal really is to gain more, um, you know, leads and also really gaining more tractions on the website and being presented professionally in the online world. So taking on those different goals, we were trying to figure out where are some of these content should live because when you create a website, you often just like throwing a lot of content on it, right? Everything that you can think of, just like put it up. That can be a bad thing simply because you're overwhelming your target audience, right? They come into your website and they're just like a bunch of information. They don't know what to do with it. But if you organize it in such a way that can help guide their experience throughout their journey in your website, that becomes so much more powerful because they feel like they are being guided one step at a time. So that's exactly what we ended up doing with, um, you know, the website for Valerie. And then, you know, after we hand it off to her, not only, you know, everything looks amazing, of course, um, but the result that we gotten, the result that she also received from the website was overwhelmingly good. So she was able to grow her company. Um, this is her word last time when I saw her and at an event, her website, you know, from not producing any money to producing a lot of more money. That's basically what she told me, like, fantastic. And even with that, you know, she mentioned to us how much, you know, people, bigger companies like, you know, Pfizer or even like she's working in this like biotech um, and life science industry. So she's working a lot with like, you know, bigger companies like Pfizer. And she was generally getting lots of positive comments and feedback from the website because it was presented the way we're presenting it. And on top of that, she recently gained a lot more traction. She was named, I mean, her business was named um, Inc. 5000 in the past two years in a row. I mean, like amazing, amazing growth. And all of that from a website. I mean, I'm still surprised that these days, but you can kind of see like how much, you know, a very well thought out plan for your website can deliver for your business. Wow, that's that is so amazing. Uh, so you work with all levels of companies, right? Tell us about uh, where you start and um, the progression. So there are people listening out there who have companies, mm -hmm. um, where, how, how do they start with you? Yeah, that's a really good question. Anne. and there are a few ways to work with us right now. There are two ways to work with us. So number one, typically if you already have a website, right. And what you truly need is monthly help to really execute some of the updates or you have, you know, ongoing campaigns every month. And that typically, you know, with us, you go on a retainer, depending on how many resource hours that you need, you get everybody in my team, right? So let's say you need, like, I only need help for 10 hours a month. So we have designated plan for that, or maybe 20 or 40 hours a month, or maybe you have a custom set of hours that you need, um, you know, support from us. We'll be able to curate that for you. Now, the other way to work with us is more on a 
like a bigger set of project and this could look different from one company to another. The most common type of project that we often take on in this scale would be, let's say that you have a, you know, a, a business idea that you want to bring to life. And oftentimes this has to be, you know, slightly bigger web project, like either a, you know, a retail e-commerce project, or it could be a web application project, right? So we would take you on a journey from the beginning, meaning that if you don't have the branding yet, we'll figure that one out with you. We will go through a brand strategy with you to really understand the core of your brand, your pillars, so on and so forth, the messaging. And then we'll create the experiences for the online part, like for your website. So the user experience, what does that, what does that look like? The technology portion that needs to happen will work alongside with you in more of a collaborative way, because even though that we have this amazing knowledge on branding UX and website, we don't have a ton of knowledge in what you do, right? So we want to understand what is it that you want to deliver to the audience, the knowledge that we need to know so that we can translate this into the online experience and messaging for your audience. So that's typically how we typically work with people. Um, but yeah, there's always different ways as well as needed. And then you also help with um, uh, copywriting as well. Yes. Um, on our end, it looks like a um, UX writing. It's similar to what copywriting really is, although... UX writing is mainly on the website project because we would set a specific type of user experience journey, like the user flow or the user um, journey, and then what would that look like for the web? And sometimes the copy that we need needs to really convey that structure or even the journey we want to guide them. So for example, if you have a homepage, right? Sure, you can write as much as you can, but we try not to simply because we want to guide the user on a very specific um, cadence of information or section of information. So the top page could look like, okay, what is this website all about, right? We always start with that because you only have a few seconds um, to really give um, the user you know, a tangible information and whether or not they should stay on your website. And then after that, after what is it all about, we explain to them what, okay, what is, what does it matter? Like, does this pertain to my need or should this be something that I need to share with my network or my friends or colleagues and things like that? And also the other information around, like, should you trust this brand? Like, can we pull in information that can help build trust for the user as they come in? they never heard of this brand before, what can we do to, you know, really share with them, hey, we're legit, whether it's a certification or testimonials, or maybe even press that you have, right, you can add that in. And then after that, you also want to really have a clarity on what is the call to action? What do you want them to do? If you don't have a very clear call to action, you might end up confusing your target audience because there's just so many different call outs. And it's like, you do this, do that. It's like, oh my God, which one should I do? Um, and then the last part, like you said earlier, like thinking through what's going to happen next. If they click that button to go to book me now or shop now or whatever that might be, what's going to happen next? Hopefully it's not going to be that 404 page that it's like disappear, but you know, really think through like, where are you taking them from that point to the next point? What's going to happen? So those are some of the things that we typically work on on the UX writing as well together. That is so good to know. And so important. 
So having said all of that, and I do love your website, how can people find you? Great one. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, so you can find me on LinkedIn, or you can also reach out to me directly on the website. Well, all of that information will be in the show notes. And I certainly um, recommend that anyone listening to the podcast, please check the show notes, check the website and uh, go to your LinkedIn page. Ari, I can't thank you enough for joining me this morning. This has been wonderful and you've given me a lot to think about. And I certainly need a lot of help with my websites as well. So thank you so very much. Anytime. And thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you. Thank you.